Welcome to the TJI Preaching and Ministry Podcast, your source for all things preaching and ministry from the Jenkins Institute. This is your host, Jonathan Sanford, and now your friend, Jeff and Dale Jenkins. We welcome you to the latest edition of the Jenkins Institute Podcast on Preaching and Ministry. I'm Dale Jenkins, and I'm joined today with my brother, Jeff. Jeff, I did it without any problem today. You did very well, Dale. I think you about got it down. About another hundred shows or so, we'll have the title of this podcast figured out. Well, it's great to be together. You're in Dallas, and it looks like you've got a lot happening today. And I'm in uh, Spring Hill, and uh, we've got a big, big week coming, don't we? Yeah, we're leaving uh, in a few days to go to South Africa for two weeks, and uh, it'll be a great trip. Dale, you, you ever been to South Africa before? I'm like Abraham. I don't know where I'm going. Well, I'm like a lot. I don't either. <laughs> uh, it's going to be a great trip, Dale. You're going to love the people there and get to work with the church, uh, the preachers in that area, and the uh, South African Bible School lectureship. They're having their 50th uh, anniversary this year, and I've been privileged to go a number of times and looking forward to this trip especially because I'm going to get to go with you and our good friend Steve Bailey. Yes, sir. It's going to be a fun trip. We're going to enjoy ourselves, and maybe all the nightmares I've been having will not come true. I won't share those on the podcast. <laughs> okay. You tell me when we get on the plane. You no, know, I'll wait till we get off the plane. <laughs> we touch that, I'll tell you the story. Hey, we have a special guest today. Tell us about our special guest. We really do. Got a great guy that's been a friend of mine for about 20 years now. It's hard to believe we've known each other for 20 years, John. I know it. Hard to believe. This is John Temple. Welcome you to the podcast. John, tell a little about your, your work and where you, do, where you are and what you're doing, your family, that sort of stuff. Introduce yourself to our listeners. I'm the pulpit minister for the Scottsboro Church of Christ. I've been there 23 years. Um, married uh, to Donna, my wife, for 44 years. I've got a, one daughter and one granddaughter. Um, you, you're talking about feeling old. My, my, uh, my daughter will turn 43 in about a month. So I really feel old. Yes, sir. I understand. Jeff, go ahead. John, um, it's a, a pleasure to meet you. And uh, we're, we're so glad you're with us today on the podcast. And Dale's been telling me a lot about uh, you and I'm looking forward to hearing more today. Well, I appreciate the opportunity to tell my story. It's, it's a long story, so I'll have to tell it in a brief manner, but, but uh, I'd, I'd love to, I always love sharing this story because I feel like God saved my life for a good reason, and, and, and I've even had people tell me that God must have had plans for you, and, and uh, so he has used me in a lot of different ways. I've been in different states to tell my story. I've been uh, in a lot of congregations, a lot of youth groups, and so I've tried to use it to, to God's glory, and, and and um, kind of hurts a little bit to tell it because it brings back memories of things that I'm trying to put behind me. But but I, it's a, a pain worth uh, telling because um, uh, it's it's just something that I think I can share with others and help others with. Yes, sir. Well, I know our audience and many of them that are listening will not uh, know your story and have never heard it before. But I've heard it a couple of times, and it is always a very powerful and, and moving story. And uh, so just go ahead and, and start at the beginning and, and walk us through it. Okay. When I was 25 years old, I was, had been married for four years. 
I had a one-year-old little girl. As I said, she's now 40, going on 43. Um, I was came back from Georgia, preaching in Georgia, and I took a part-time job in a store called Stop and Go, just a convenience store. I was the night manager, uh, the midnight manager, from uh, 11 o'clock at night to 7 the next morning. Uh, this particular night, uh, on February the 16th, uh, uh, um, uh, 1975, it's hard for me, hard for me to remember the date. Uh, I had a guy that came in the store early in the morning, about four o'clock, and a uh, normal looking customer. Um, and he asked for some something under the counter, so I gave it to him, and he pulled out a sawed off 16 gauge shotgun and pointed it toward my head. Uh, told me to lay down the floor, and, and when I gave him the money and, and lay down the floor, uh, by the way, he got $45. Um, he put that gun about a foot from my back and shot me in the back. I didn't know I was shot at first. And I remember uh, my ears ringing and I tried to get up off the floor when I realized that I couldn't move my legs. Uh, I tried to think about somebody to call and I had two phones in the store, but they were too high for me to reach. And so I, I decided to just lay there until somebody came in with the doorbell rang, which meant somebody had entered the store. And, and I was afraid of this guy that had shot me to come back, make sure I was dead. But, uh, but I hollered, call an ambulance. And so a guy heard him walk behind me. I was laying face down. And he came in uh, and said, you just lay there still. And he called the ambulance. Um, the policeman got there first, and they were asking me all kinds of questions. And I thought, you know, you think I'm going to die, don't you? And he said, he said son, you're going to be just fine. Well, I saw that policeman sometime later. And he, uh, he told me uh, at the hospital, actually, he had been shot in that same store. Um, and so I asked him, I said, what do you think when I asked you, was I going to die? And he said, well, son, I saw your back shot up so bad that I thought you didn't have a chance. I didn't have the nerve to tell you. So the, the ambulance finally got there. And when it did, they did something they don't usually do now. They don't do it all. As a matter of fact, they turned me over um, after patching my back and putting an IV in. Uh, I was always praying. I said, if I can just get to the hospital, I believe I can live. Um, and by the way, I, le I lay on the hospital floor for probably 45 minutes to an hour, um, just dying. Uh, the guy left me to die on the floor. There's no one else in the store. When, uh, when the ambulance got to the, uh, to the hospital, general hospital, the emergency, they, uh, they didn't operate on me for three hours because they thought I was going to die. Uh, and then they put dye through me to see how much internal bleeding I had and found out that of 360 pellets that, uh, that went into my body, uh, not one of them hit a main artery. Um, and they were just stunned at that. But it did get close enough to my spinal cord to, to knock uh, all the bones away from my spinal cord on my upper body. And so the doctor went ahead and worked on me. When, they woke, when I woke up in, in uh, intensive care, I, I thought I'd been shot with one bullet. And uh, and the doctor said, uh, Mr. Temple, I guess you know you're paralyzed from your chest down. Well, I didn't know that. Um, and so he began to prepare me for the worst. And, and I was in the hospital probably six or seven weeks and went home early at that. Uh, but the, a, a number of things happened in the hospital that made it difficult. I had a blood clot that went through my left leg, and that created a an, side an issue. And found out I was allergic to the heparin uh, that they were putting in me to dissolve that blood clot. Um, and then finally they said, you're going home. And I said, I said, great. I went home in the wheelchair. They taught me how to scoot on a, a scoot board to get in a wheelchair. I had no movement, in my legs at all. And uh, when I went home, I went home to 
I had to move in with my parents. Um, one of the big sad uh, issues of what happened to me was my wife. Uh, she had to quit her job to take care of me 24-7. Um, and in the middle of the night, I'd have these real strong cramps, even though I didn't have any movement in my legs. I had a lot of pain. And she would get up, and, and she knew how to get the cramps out of my, out of my uh, legs to keep them going into kind of Charlie Horse type, type cramps. Uh, so it was a long ordeal. I went from uh, I went from a wheelchair to a cr- uh, to a walker to arm crutches to canes. Um, and today I use one cane. I use two when I'm doing a lot of walking, but uh, but I usually use one cane. Um, but it was a, a a long time of physical therapy to get where I am today. Uh, I actually got to where I could play half-court basketball. I, I do what I call a hobble run, and I actually got where I played on a church league. So the Lord blessed me. I was I was going down my, my driveway in my wheelchair, and I was thinking, Lord, if you just let me walk down this driveway, I'd be happy. And so uh, he let me not only walk down that, uh, I mean, walk down it, but he let me uh, even play basketball a little bit. Um, I've had uh, a number of things happen to me since then. I've had three heart attacks and a defibrillator implanted, and I've had surgeries on my hands and my knees and my shoulders. And uh, I was playing basketball and fractured my hip socket. So, so we, there's a lot of things that have happened to me over the years. But uh, one of the things that I have been thankful for is, is to be able to talk to people about my faith. Uh, there was a man in the hospital at the same time I was, that uh, the doctor told me, came in one day and said, this man upstairs, uh, he died. He had the same problem you do. He was paralyzed uh, unexpectedly, and he died. He said, the only reason he died is because he gave up. And I told the doctor, I said, I, I'm not going to give up because my faith won't let me give up. Um, the personal family was so important. Uh, Donna had a choice. She could have stayed with a paralyzed man or she could have you know, gone on with her life. She chose to stay with me and, and she's a big part of my story. Uh, had a lot of encouragement from a lot, a lot of friends. Uh, I've usually, when I tell my story, I usually talk about, um, uh, of course, faith and, and how important it is to have faith. Um, I also talk about uh, how important it is to have encouraging friends as, as a family to, to encourage you and help you. Uh, I talk about forgiveness because I decided to forgive the shooter, the man that shot me. Uh, I was lying in bed, and, and my my uh, parents came in one day. We had to been with them, and my parents told me and said there there was a reporter that made a statement in the paper that you might need to know about. Uh, he said uh, John Temple, who lives at 420 Mercomatic Drive on Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, is afraid that the shooter might come back and, and finish him off since he uh, he didn't kill him. Oh, man. So I thought a lot of that reporter. <laughs> I thought a lot. And it made me paranoid, and it bothered me because I was more afraid of them him coming in on my family than on me. But but I decided I would let that go. I was going to put it in God's hands, and, and I wasn't going to fear this guy, and I was going to forgive this guy. Uh, even though he didn't deserve it. But then again, I don't deserve it either when God forgives me. Uh, I talk about uh, making the best of a bad situation. Uh, when the Lord said he'll um, make it whatever, however bad it is, he'll make it good. In Romans uh, 8.28, uh, I took him for his word, and I believe that's true. 
Uh, I like the little poem that says, uh, the world is mine, where, where you talk about different people that, uh, that don't have uh, the things that normal people do, but are thankful for what they do have. I love uh, Paul when he said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And, and I've lived by that uh, most of my life. Uh, my story has a lot more facets to it, but I just gave you the abbreviated part of uh, the story. John, we certainly appreciate your uh, willingness to share that with us, and I know it'll bless everybody who hears it today. Brother John, what, uh, what caused you to decide to preach, and, and when did you start preaching? Yeah, when I was a little boy, my, my grandmother used to call me her little preacher. Well, I hadn't decided to be a preacher. I wanted to be a fireman. Uh, <laughs> and then I found out that firemen had to go in houses that were burning and decided to change that. Uh, <laughs> But, uh, but she called me a little preacher, and when I was 16 years old, I decided to become a preacher. And uh, my, my grandmother died that year that I decided to become a preacher. She never heard me preach. She never heard me teach a class. Uh, I started at Lipscomb High School and then went to the, to the college. And, um, and she was uh, instrumental in getting me, you know, planting that seed in my mind. Uh, so I, I went to Lipscomb to be a preacher. Um, and so it was, it was early in my life that I... Uh, made that decision. Uh, been preaching for 45 years now. So when you're working at the convenience store, were you preaching then? or? Yes, I had been preaching in Georgia, and I came back and I took this job part-time. I was uh, in between jobs, so to speak. Yes, sir. So, so Brother yes. John, I know that when you, when you go through something like that, it changes your life uh, dramatically. In, in a lot of physical ways. Uh, how, did, how did that change your outlook on life generally? Well, it, it did change my outlook. Uh, when I went, first started going back to visit people in the hospital, I sympathized with them so much that I hurt probably more than they did. Uh, and I had to have a little talk with myself and saying, you cannot uh, relive your experience through people. And so in order to keep going to the hospitals, I had to, I had to back off psychologically and, and, uh, uh, I felt their pain, uh, before I always thought I did, but I really didn't. Uh, I've had so many experiences that I can relate to a lot of people uh, with the three heart attacks and, and with, uh, I can relate to people with heart issues and with my arthritis and with my other joint problems, I can relate to people who have orthopedic problems. And so I, I can relate on a lot of different levels to people. And, and I think the Lord has blessed me in that way. Are the heart attacks and other arthritis and things, are they related to the shooting or just other physical maladies? The, the heart attacks are more related to a hereditary problem. Yeah. Um, the, 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 a lot of the surgeries are related to me just moving. I'm a very stubborn person, and I, I keep moving no matter what. And sometimes I do things I shouldn't do, but, uh, but I'll fall and end up with surgeries and things. But, uh, uh -huh. Yes, sir. Well, let me ask you real quickly here, if you don't mind. Uh, do, uh, do, have you been able to uh, – uh, have you ever had an encounter with a guy that, that – uh, that shot you since, but where is he now? Or, you know, anything about that? The man that shot me was 22 years old when he shot me and the, they had a warrant out for his arrest when he died. He, he died, uh, overdosed on heroin, some bad heroin. Um, and so uh, he, 
no one's ever come to trial for for shooting me. The guy that drove the getaway truck, he uh, they never did pursue him. Uh, but but they, you know it's. Um, I went to the Tennessee State Prison for three years, uh, about five or six years after I was shot, and they were wondering why I was there since many of them were armed robbers and, and murderers, and, and so I had a good rapport with those people because they didn't expect me to be there. I know you've told your story an awful lot, John, and uh, it's a fascinating story, and I've heard the standard version, wish we had the time today to hear the whole thing, but uh, I want to thank you for sharing it today. I wanted to ask you uh, to give folks uh, your contact information that to get in touch with you. I know you do a good bit of preaching and other events and all uh, that you'd want to, that might want to get in touch with you and have you share that story. Um, yes, anyone could call me at my, on my cell phone number. Uh, I can give that to you. No, it's 615-478-6238. Thank you very much. Uh, and you're in Scottsboro now. That's Scottsboro, yes. All right. Church going well? It's going real well. Yes, sir. Well, I'm going to thank you for all you do and for uh, your good work and for uh, – uh, thank you for coming to the Better Conference this past week. Appreciate it seeing you there and everything. And I enjoyed that. Thank you a whole lot. And we'll look forward to seeing you again soon. Jeff, why don't you wrap us up today? Brother John, thank you again so much for being with us today. And, and uh, may God bless you and the work that you're doing. And we know that he's using you to bless a lot of people uh, everywhere you go and whatever you do. So we appreciate you taking time to be with us today. Thanks, Jeff. Dale, it's been great to uh, be together today. I'm looking forward to our trip to South Africa in a few days, and uh, we may do a podcast from South Africa next week. All right. Looking forward to it. Thank, th we want to thank everybody for being uh, listening today, and we hope that you'll join us next time on our podcast. And uh, now may the Lord bless you and keep you is our prayer for you.